Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to go to one scripture real quickly. You can remain seated tonight. Somebody say, let's go to work. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 2. Deuteronomy, which means to say it again. Sometimes God has to repeat what you would not pay attention to. And I need for somebody to hear me tonight. God is not interested in you repeating this. Watch this. The first six months in the last six months. I need some of you to hear me. God is not interested in you repeating your last relationship in this one. He's not interested in you repeating your last failure or mistake in this one. I need you to realize somebody that needs some cycles to end, you just need to make this declaration over your own life. Say negative cycles are ending. Deuteronomy 8, 2, it says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. 40 is the number of wilderness. Somebody needs to hear me tonight. That's over for you because you finally got it. That he might, watch me, that he might humble you. Watch this. God says it took 40 years to humble you because, watch this, for 40 years you kept resisting change. For 40 years, you kept blaming everybody else. For 40 years, you blamed your boss. For 40 years, you blamed your mama. For 40 years, you blamed the cousin. For 40 years, you blamed your ex. For 40 years, you blamed your current. For 40 years, it was everybody else's fault. God says it took 40 years for them to realize that the issue wasn't everybody else, but the issue was themselves. I need somebody, watch this, to stop blaming everybody else and realize if change is going to happen in your life, it's going to start with the person sitting in your seat. I need you to make this declaration and say, change starts tonight. He says, I needed to humble you and test you <laughs> to know what was in your heart. God says, I heard what you said at church, but I couldn't see if it was legit until I put you in a test. And tests produce testimonies. Whether or not you would keep his commandments. Father, customize, say to make this word. For us, your people, that we will move and walk in those things that you have ordained. I pray, Father, that nothing, hmm, nothing would interfere with the flow of your word today. 
Nothing would block it. Nothing would stop it. Nothing would get in the way. I pray that every scale that is on the eye of everybody under the sound of my voice in this building and watching online, that those scales would fall now. I pray that anything distracting them, that those distractions would be uttered if, uh, effectiveless right now. And in Jesus' name, I pray that the Holy Spirit, come on here, that the Holy Spirit would move on this place, that the Holy Spirit would move through these digital campuses, that tonight transformation would take place in the lives of your people. And we thank you that it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. I want to talk about the price of something tonight. It's not the price of gas, not the price of rent, which is too doggone high. <laughs> it's not the price of real estate. It's, it's not the price of clothing. It's not the price of some sunglasses. It's not the price of some Chelsea boots. I want to talk about, watch this, the price of something somebody on your road has been dealing with. You ready for this? I want to talk about the price of pride. I dare you to just touch your neighbor and say, I didn't pay too much for that. I Wrong neighbor, try the other one. Say, I didn't pay too much for that. We're in week three of this series at Harvest uh, at the movies, and Sunday was about Jean Grey, uh, who's called a phoenix, which the word phoenix, we learn, means to rise. And uh, it's simply put, it is something or someone that is remarkable. Uh, check this out. You are remarkable. Check this out. No matter what has tried to push you down, you keep rising. Somebody say, I'm a phoenix. Uh, it is significant because as she rose in power, we learned on Sunday, and as she rose in strength, her internal instability created external instability. You will never be able to handle externally what you cannot first handle internally. This is the reason why sometimes rather than chasing things, you need to chase a better you. Because if you chase a better you, you'll be able to get things. That's why the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's the kingdom? It's what God says I can have and who God says I can be. If I get that right first, then there's no thing that God withholds from me but if I get things and I don't have the internal structure to handle it I'll get it and then crack under the pressure I come against watch this you getting what you prayed for and losing it because you didn't know what to do with it I come against God answering your prayer and then it blowing up in your face because the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow which means for the rest of this year you're not going to see God do it and lose it you're going to see God do it and keep it say yes Lord now, now, this is significant because she made choices, hear me Wednesday, that created her own downfall. That's a trip because it was nobody else that did this to Jean. She did it to herself. And even though she was the most powerful mutant on the planet, she did not know what to do with power. Even though she was the most uh, powerful mutant on the planet, she did not know what to do with position. Even though she was the most powerful mutant on the planet, she did not know what to do having access to something nobody else had access to. I pray that what you ask for, you're ready for. She made choices that created her own downfall. And so she turns into the title of the movie, The Dark Phoenix. In other words, she let her rise become her downfall. Because watch this, the phoenix is the rise, but the dark is her. You could actually be doing better in life, but be a worse person. You could actually have more money, but watch this, be a sloppy mama. Y'all not talking, you... You, you, you could have more, but then still be a person that's got some dark. You ever had some food that, watch this, it wasn't Cajun, it wasn't blackened, it was burnt. You knew it was burnt because when you tasted it, it was bitter. The dark phoenix looks great, sounds great, but she's dark. No, 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 this is important, this is important, this is important. In other words, she let her rise become her downfall. Here's the question. Say, what's the question, Bishop? Can you be trusted with success? Here's the question. Can you be trusted without a struggle? Okay. The Apostle Paul, now most of us would say, how many people you would say, okay, all right. How many people you say, I can be trusted without a struggle? Let me see your hand. How many people say, I can be trusted with success? Let me see your hand. All right, some of y'all are like, I don't know, is this a trick question? I don't even know. I'm answering in my mind because I don't even know. Watch me. The Apostle Paul. Now, this guy's a bad guy. He preaches the whole gospel to the entire continent of Asia that was known at the time in two years and three months. He's a bad somebody. The Apostle Paul is so good, they killed him, and he got back up and said, let's keep going. You know you bad when they kill you, and you get back up. Watch this. And you ain't trying to go back and check them. You keep it moving. 
The Apostle Paul said that he couldn't be. And sometimes, for a while, God leaves something undone so that you're not too strong for your own good. Listen to me. Not as punishment, but for protection. That's deep, right? There are certain things that you're like, God, why aren't you doing this? God, why aren't you doing this? And God, like, if I do that, I'll lose you. If I do that, you will lose focus. If I do that, you won't know what to do. If I do that, and let me prove it to you, last time I gave you a little bit. Y'all don't want to talk tonight, Wednesday. Say it's not punishment. Say it's protection. If you had a three-year-old child next to a swimming pool, no matter how much they want to swim, you say, listen, I got to put up some boundaries to protect you. Because even though you think you know what to do, sometimes, watch this, it looks simpler than it really is. Sometimes it looks easier than it really is. And so watch this. God says, sometimes I got to put up boundaries to protect you. And I got to leave stuff undone in your life because you can't fully be trusted without a struggle. Watch this. Yet. You can't be fully trusted with what you asked for yet. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, there's some growing to do. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 uh, through 9. This is Apostle Paul speaking. And look at how he talks. So to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh. Paul says, I know a lot, so I talk a lot. That's deep. Because sometimes we can know a lot, but not show a lot. You ever met somebody that knew a whole lot of stuff? And you're looking at their fruit, you're saying, where beeth thine fruit? You don't know nobody. Somebody in your seat knows somebody. Paul said, Paul said, I know so much it makes me conceited. So to keep me from getting full of myself. A thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me. This is why some of y'all are like, God, when am I going to get a day? Right now you're dealing with your thorn. God, when am I going to get a moment? Right now you're dealing with your thorn. God, when are you going to finally let me free of this? God says, listen, you need to finish learning and maximizing the lessons from your thorn. I know you feel harassed, but your harass is what keeps you from getting knocked on your... Y'all ain't saying nothing. God says, I gave you a thorn in the flesh to keep you from being conceited. That is overly proud, excessively proud. A messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. That's deep. Because Paul said, look, I ain't done a whole lot. But sometimes I can get beside myself. Where are the honest people? Please, if you sit next to somebody that can't be honest, I pray that you have to use the restroom and come back and change seats. <laughs> you need honest people on your road because everybody on your road getting ready to graduate from this place in life. Everybody on your roads getting ready to graduate from this place in life. Say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's tell the truth. How many of us, there have been some times where you got full of yourself and conceited and prideful and arrogant. And some of y'all watch this. You say, no, I didn't get prideful because you don't know what pride is. You think that's just how you act when you get blessed. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Let me say yes, I'm done. Watch this. Eight. Three times I pleaded. This ain't, this ain't just praying. This is ple please, please, Jesus. Do it, Lord. Do it, Jesus. You know, it's that type of prayer. He said, three times I pleaded. I begged the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Why do I constantly deal with these thoughts? I'm coming. Why do I constantly deal with these feelings? Why do I constantly deal with, why, why? He says, I asked the Lord, how many times? Trace! Come on, this too, Spanish lessons. Three times I pleaded with the Lord that it should leave me. Now look at me. Most of us think that, well, wh why would God leave it? Because God knew, please listen to me. God knew what he needed Paul to do. He could not risk Paul 
going up and falling. So because of what he needed Paul to do, when he took Paul up, he needed him to stay there. Watch this. For the rest of this year, which is going to be the best of this year, God says, when I take you up, I need you to stay there. For everybody that believes you're going to stay there, I just need you to do this prophetically. Say, I'm going up, say, and I'm going to stay there. That's me. Watch the Bible. He said, Paul, you're going to literally change the whole face of Christianity. Yeah. You are going to literally, let me talk to you, change your whole bloodline. You're going to literally eliminate debt in your whole bloodline. You're literally going to break the curses your mama them didn't and your daddy them didn't and your cousin them didn't. You are literally going to change your whole bloodline. So I can't have you going up and coming down. So watch. Watch the verse. He says, my grace, verse 9, is sufficient for you. What was he saying? Paul, that thorn makes you pray. That thorn makes you put me first in them five T's. Your time, church attendance, talent, serving in church, testimony, inviting people to church, thirst, prayer, praise, and worship, treasure, faithfully given. He says, your thorn is what keeps you right. Your thorn is what makes you pray. Your thorn, come on, infographic. Snap the photo. <laughs> your, your thorn, say my thorn, is good for me to block pride. Yeah. Now let me tell you what the thorn is not. The thorn is not staying in an abusive relationship. The thorn is not self-mutilation. Let me just deal with that because I don't want you to misinterpret your thorn. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The thorn is not, you know, letting substances have control of you. Be calling me, man. Be calling me. That is not the thorn, Pookie. I ain't judging. I'm just saying that's not the thorn. I, I, I got to be clear about what the thorn is. The thorn is not beating your head up against the wall. The thorn is not having somebody take your head up against the wall. I got to say that because I don't want you to misinterpret what the thorn is. See, say, say, Bishop, what's the thorn? Watch this, watch this. When he says, verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Then he goes on, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. Watch this. The thorn, watch this, was something that Paul was never able seemingly to complete. Some theologians argue that it, that it, it was Paul's vision was diminishing. And so when you see some of the letters that are written, the handwriting is very big, and so others are writing them. So th th there's a variety of schools of thought, but what we know is that word weakness, watch this, it means the handicap that comes from the weakness. In other words, Paul had certain things he was not able to complete, and those things he wasn't able to complete kept him on his face. What do you mean on his face? It kept him humble. Now, I don't want you to think the thorn is you know, God putting sickness on you. No, 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 no. I don't want you to think improperly about the thorn. But what is it in your life that, watch this, you already know the steps to get it done. Matter of fact, you can see it done. But it seems like every day, I wish I had some honest people in here. seems like every day, God, why is this taking so long? Come on, Wednesday. God, what's up with this? God, what's going on with this? He said, God says, my grace is good for you. Somebody say his grace is good. He says, he says to Paul, you're going to need my supernatural help. You're going to need my help. Because grace is the, the same word for favor. It's the same word for supernatural. So he says, Paul, you're going to need my supernatural help. Have you ever had to pray just to get through stuff that was natural? Come here, parents. You ever had to pray just to handle your children? I wish I had some honest for it. Man, you calling on the Lord just before you talk to him. Jesus, help me, Lord Jesus. His grace. Woo! Have you ever had to pray just to deal with some family folks? His grace. Y'all ain't talking to me. Have you ever had to pray just to deal with some work situations? His grace. Y'all Have you ever had to pray just to deal with some financial situations? His grace. He said, it's going to be something natural that's going to require you to get spiritual. And he said, 
Watch this. Paul says, so I boast in my weaknesses that the power of Christ can rest upon me. In other words, Paul said this. I'm not afraid to admit I'm under construction. Because let's be honest. We like to present that we all good. Okay, only four people going to be honest? How many of us like to tell the truth? You, listen, even social media. Social media is so misleading. People never show you their practice footage. They show you the Super Bowl rim. Look, they're like this here. You're like, that, that ain't you was on your face. You. Women never get on social media with they, without their face done. We were in Atlanta, and this girl was taking this picture. And I, I said, she, and she was getting her pose right, getting her neck right, all this kind of stuff. I, I said, look, she's showing, she at the malls, doing all that. I said, she's showing the good stuff. I want to see when she was hollering at her kids in the car. Show me that. Watch me. What are you trying to say, Bishop? Is that we are so used to seeing everything done that we don't realize everybody is undone. I need somebody that's not afraid to admit that you may not be where you want to be, but you can thank God you're not where you used to be. Somebody say, I'm under construction. Can you give God a little praise for the next three seconds about your construction process? A construction site is always going to have some nails, always going to have some drama, always go, there's always going to be something. But watch this. That's because it's under construction. And if you don't realize you're under construction, watch this. You will let the parts that you do have finished make you conceited. And the parts that you do have together will make you arrogant. And you'll forget there's some parts that aren't done. Are you seeing the lesson? So he says, Paul, I need you to watch this. Realize you're under construction. And since you're under construction, I need you to realize there's a whole lot that's undone. I don't need you being arrogant about what is done. Be glad, but don't get arrogant. Be happy, but don't get arrogant. And let's tell the truth. Sometimes. Okay, it's only four honest people in church on Wednesday. Somebody say, sometimes. So we learned, we learned about one of the dark phoenixes in the Bible. His name was King, you remember his name? Isaiah. And so he started out doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, he was doing God's truth, not his truth. And the Bible says that he set him out, himself out to seek the Lord. So he set himself to seek the Lord. What does that mean? He made what was important to God important to him. So what I tried to do is make that simple and came up with those five T's so that you saw them. They'll stick it up for you one more time. So these are the things that are important to God. King Uzziah was doing all of these things. Uh, he was putting God first with his time, his treasure, his talent, his thirst, his testimony, right? That's what, if you go through the entire scripture, those are those things. So we came up to make it simple. He was doing those things. And the Bible says he did those things. And not only did he do those things, but he placed himself in position to Zechariah, who was a man of God, in submission to him. So he sought the Lord and he was submitted. Arrogant people never submit to anybody because they think they are the authority. Y'all don't like that. that just, y'all don't like that. But it's right anyhow. And just think about how ridiculous the notion is. I don't want nobody controlling me. So you think submission is control? That's funny because at that airport when they said, sit here, you sat down. When they said, nobody's standing at, at, the, at the, uh, uh, the waiting line for the restrooms, you sat down. They don't have a, a weapon. All they have is a badge, some orthopedic shoes, I'm just joking. Some flats. You got to have good flats. I, I saw one flat attendant. She had on heels. I said, darling, I don't know how you're going to do that all day. Yeah. And you submit. Why would you submit willingly, openly, if you had a problem with submission? When the pilot says, the seatbelt light is on, sit down. You ain't got to tell me but once. Listen, let the little thing beep. I'm good. <laughs> Can I question those of you who sometimes struggle with submission? Why don't you tell the truth? Why don't you tell the truth that you don't struggle with submission, you struggle with your past? Somebody hurt you and you decided I'm never going to be hurt again. And so now you're uncovered. And anything uncovered spoils. 
What's the mission? I get under a mission. King Uzziah got under the mission. He's the king, but he went to Zechariah and said, what do you say, do, sir? Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. He put himself in a position. I was going there, but I just backed it up. He was on it, though. He was ready. I was going. I was about to go. I was about to do the whole, the whole thing. I just need the Jodeci boots, though. All right, watch me. <laughs> look, 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 look. Say, so he sought the Lord, and he submitted. Okay. And the Bible says as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper in everything that he does. And then the story goes left. Here's when the story goes left. In 2 Chronicles 26, 15. In Jerusalem, he made machines invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and great stones. And his fame spread far. So his name was brought up and everybody was talking about King Isaiah, King Isaiah, King Isaiah. Say my name's been brought up. But watch what happens. For he was marvelously helped. He was a phoenix. This king was on the rise. And watch the story turn. Until he got strong. Until she felt she was over it. Until he got the money. Until he started the business. Until they got the car. Until they got the house. Until they got booed up. Badu bada. <laughs> Until there was no strife in their household. Sometimes we even view church that way. Oh, child, I'm going through. I'm going to church. Then when things are good, I'm good. I just really, I'm stressed out. I got to praise and worship. Then when you ain't stressed, lift your hands. Are they going to sing another song? was marvelously helped until it was strong. Here's the question Wednesday. Can you be trusted to be strong? I need somebody to say yes Lord right there. This is going to be a word that's good for us. Just let it do what it's going to do. I'm in the Kool-Aid. What's the flavor? Red. Verse 16. But when he was strong, he grew proud. So strength wasn't the problem. His inability to handle it was the problem. Money wasn't the problem. His inability to handle it was the problem. A relationship wasn't the problem. His inability to handle it wasn't the problem. A business wasn't the problem. His inability to handle a business because he's trying to find balance, not realizing balance doesn't exist. There's no such thing as balance in life. There's only priorities in life because balance intimates that something's got to be equal. And so if you're trying to make everything equal, stop sleeping because you sleep for a third of your life. The problem wasn't what he got. I know it. I said it fast. Go pay it back. The problem was he didn't know what to do with it. Say, Lord, you ready for this prayer? Y'all ready for this prayer? Say, Lord, make me ready for what I asked for. God Almighty. Say it again. Say, Lord, make me ready for what I asked for. When he was strong, he grew proud. Here's pride. Pride is an inflated sense of your status. I'm somebody. I don't have to follow the rules because I'm somebody. I don't have to do what anybody else does because I'm somebody. I don't have to do that. I'm somebody. Don't you know who I am? I'm too sexy for my shirt. I'm <laughs> it's used synonymously with hubris which is being overconfident. You know overconfident people because they always overpromise and underdeliver. They will sell you the sun, the moon, the rain, the stars. And then when you look at it, you're like, what is this? What is this? You deliberately disobeyed me. What is this? What's this? Arrogance. And arrogance is a sense of superiority. Got it? So I have a bad attitude with you because I think I'm better than you. I don't mean me, when I say I, I'm using these examples just to be very clear, okay? So somebody that's arrogant thinks, I don't, I don't have to be, I'm not touching you. I'm not doing that. Go greet somebody, I'm not greeting you. Even see people sometimes, even see people sometimes, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, that's why I have you talk to your neighbors or sometimes you just make sure you sit next to somebody that ain't gonna block your flow. It's amazing because sometimes we'll be like, come on, greet and be nice and be warm and friendly. And then you'll see people. And then then be the people talking about, wasn't nobody nice. Baby, you! Yeah. 
So I learned to say, okay. All right. Touch the name say, be nice to me. Say, because I'm nice to you. Say, I got nothing but love for you. Hear me, Harvest, we're not a church that hates on one another, that pulls down one another. We build up one another. We speak life into one another. We encourage one another. Look up and down your road. Say, I want us all to win. And if you can get some agreement stirring in the room, it ain't going to take that long. If two or three touch on agreeing anything, it shall be done for them. Hands up. My house is next. Let me finish this. Let me finish this. Arrogance is self-centered. Arrogance says, I don't care about anything else except me. Arrogance says, you, you've worked with arrogant people on teams because, because everybody else did their part of the project. They show up late, ain't got their part, and when you try to check them, look, you need to just get out. You need to leave me alone. No, you need to get your stuff together because ain't nobody get to, just because you think the world revolves around you, it doesn't. Oh, y'all don't like this. Let's go. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, it ain't all about me. I'm so glad when Jesus was on his way to Calvary, he didn't think it was all about him. He didn't think, well, I don't feel good. I don't like this. They hurt me. They whooping on me. He said, it ain't about me. It's about what God's going to do through me. But when you're self-centered, it's all about you. I didn't answer the phone because I didn't want to take your call. Even though I realized I should have taken it. Y'all ain't talking to me. All about, let's be honest, how many of us have had moments of self-centeredness? How'd that work out? Because you want to know what's funny? Most often than not, you still didn't get what you wanted. <laughs> Superiority, self-centered, selfish. Self-centered means it's all about me. Selfish means that's all about me, too. Selfish. You got 18 backpacks. Um, can you just, can you hold this for me? Mm -mm. You have a free hand. Mm -mm. See, self-centered means it's about me. Selfish means everything is about me. It's my paper. Can you, could you be a blessing and let's bless some kids on their way back to school? Mm -mm. We only need four sheets of paper. Oh, really? You have 150. Can we have four? Mm -mm, I ain't going to do that. The last time I helped somebody with paper. It's quiet in here. Apparently, it's a pride spirit that we got to break, but I came locked and loaded to break that thing. Oh, somebody said, Lord, have your way. It, it, it's entitled. Tag gone. We, we live in a nation of entitled folk, and I pray you're not. Entitled people think you owe me something. You owe me something. Well, so y'all got it done without me? Well, what? We owed you an explanation? When you didn't do what you're supposed to do? We have an entitled. I, listen, I'm, oh, parents, don't make your kids to be entitled. Make them work for stuff. Make them earn stuff. You don't get a phone just because you're in the house. No, baby, you got, to, you got some responsibilities. Come here. Giving them stuff just to get. You don't get new Jordan just because you in that. But little Billy got Jordan. Little cousin got Jordan. Little Chris got Jordan. That's nice what little Chris got. But little Chris, did you can go stay with Chris and mama them. Huh? How about that? Go on over there. Huh? Y'all don't like this. Because you'll create entitled people. You owe me something. You owe me something. You, you owe me. So, so check this out. Y'all ready? That, that, the Bible says he got proud, he got arrogant, overconfident, self-centered, selfish, and entitled when he got strong. Strength wasn't a problem. You ever heard somebody say money is the root of all evil? That ain't what the Bible say. That ain't Bible. The love of money. Because the love of money can make you proud. Because you won't pray, you'll go check your balance. I, 
Watch. To his destruction, dark phoenix, for he was unfaithful. So here's the first thing about pride. Give me five minutes to finish it. Pride is inconsistent to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord. What pride does is pride says, I don't have to be consistent because I'm so good. Consistency isn't something I need to do. I don't need that. Watch this. Watch this. Uh, uh, he entered the temple of the Lord his God. Now, the temple was different than the synagogue. Can I teach you for a moment? The synagogue was the place of learning for Hebrews. The temple was the place of sacrifice. It is where they would sacrifice the animals, and Jesus is our final sacrifice, so we don't do that. So the only time you went into the temple was when you needed to get atonement for sin. Come here. What does that tell you? If he goes to the temple on his own, here's what this teaches us about pride. Pride is fearful. Why? He went into the temple to offer incense because he had been unfaithful, so he feared what would happen to him, and rather than say that, he persisted in pride. See, in his mind, I screwed up, I messed up, and I'm not going to tell y'all what I did. I'm just going to go try to do something over here because I'm fearful of what might happen. And even though I know I'm out of order to be doing what the priest is supposed to be doing, I'm going to do it anyhow. So not only is pride inconsistent, pride is fearful. Mm -hmm. Watch this. To burn incense on the altar of the Lord. So watch this. Here's the next thing. Pride is entitled. It's no big deal. No big deal. No big deal. Now, listen, I don't. Me personally, I don't mix well with people who, who don't make big deals big deals. This is me personally. Like, when people, stuff that should be a big deal, they make it small. I'm like, oh, duly noted. Got it. Understood. No big deal. Good. So you're going to mishandle my stuff because of how you handle that. Me personally, me personally. Okay, why, why are you saying that, Bishop? Why are you telling us about you? Because this is how King Isaiah was. King Isaiah was like, no big deal. Let me give you an example of somebody in your life. Okay, they break something of yours. Here's an humble response. I apologize. My fault. I messed up. I dropped it. But I got you. I got you covered. I, I, I can't fix it. I can't go back into the past, but I got you covered. Here's pride. They break your stuff. Mm. Man, that's a trip, man. You shouldn't have had it on the ledge like that, because I. It's no big deal. It ain't yours. You don't get to make it not a big deal because it's not yours. What did King Uzziah did? He said, it ain't no big deal. Y'all not saying nothing to me. Verse 17. But Azariah the priest went in after him, and 80 priests. Y'all saw me do that example on Sunday of, 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 the, uh, of the Lord who were men of valor. They were fighters. Verse 18. And they withstood King Isaiah and said to him, It is not for you, Isaiah, to burn incense to the Lord before the priest, and the sons of Aaron who are consecrated to burn incense. So here's the next thing. So pride is inconsistent. Pride is fearful. Pride is entitled. Here's the next thing. Pride challenges order. Only pride challenges order. What's order? The right placement of things. Pride says, well, why? And not why to learn, why to challenge. There's a difference. There's a difference. See, there's a why that says, I want to understand, because maybe I got a suggestion, maybe I got an idea. But then there's a why that's just like, well, I don't think that I don't want to do it that way. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Imagine if your doctor was out of order when they were working on you. I know we're supposed to give you the anesthesia first, but why? I'm just going to cut you up first. And then if you holler, I'm going to give you some anesthesia. Okay. All right, let's press it. Let's press it, all right? Look at this. It says, we're consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong. He said, you did it wrong. And it will bring you no honor from the Lord. Here's the next thing about pride. It ignores instructions. Pride just ignores instructions. No, I'm not doing that. Nope. Nope. And I didn't plan to do it because I didn't write it down. This is the quiet. This has been on a Wednesday in a while. Right? Verse 19. Then King Isaiah was angry. So I learned that my mind goes a million miles a minute. So I learned that I have to write stuff down. So when I get to a stoplight, boom. Why? Because I learned if I don't write it down, I wasn't serious about it in the first place. Verse 19. 
Then Uzziah was angry. Here's the next thing. Pride lashes out. You can't have a rational conversation with pride. Pride lashes out so that, watch this, you won't actually ever address the issue because you're so busy dealing with their emotions. Since y'all ain't going to talk, let's teach. All right, come here. So here's what pride does. Come, won't you come? Won't you come? Is there one? Won't you come? So here's what pride does. Pride, pride says, listen, the, so let's say the issue is the backpack. What's the issue, church? The backpack. What pride says is, I don't actually want to deal with the issue. So what pride says is, lash out, like, lash out. But do it to him, though, because you do that to me. Where my little, like, where my, it's in the back. Forgot to wear it out in church. So lash out on him. All right. You can, like, back up, like, And then say, look, I, can't, I don't want to talk about it. Look, you know something? I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And then come back and say, but you know what? But you know, you know something? Make your fucking The whole reason we have to ask is because you just wouldn't listen. Y'all see this? Y'all see this? But what ain't getting solved? The problem. What are we spending our time doing? Dealing with emotions. I need you to be determined that you ain't going to let nobody pull you into that mess no more. Oh, y'all ain't talking to me. Throw your hands up and say, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, you're going to need to bring all that down. You're going to need to calm all that down. You're going to need to shut all that down because we still ain't talked about the problem. Facts. Huh? I borrowed that. It's mine now. So why did he get angry? Because he didn't want to talk about what he did. So if I get mad, I can spend all of our time talking about emotional stuff. I don't want to talk about what I did now. So Uzziah gets what? Angry. Some of y'all don't get angry. You're like, Bishop, I don't get angry. I have no pride. Mm -mm, you cry. And you cry so we don't have to deal with the problem. Okay, let me come for every manipulative crier in the room. You get emotional so we don't have to deal with the issue, with the problem. Let's just tell the truth so we can get this up out of us. How many of us, that we've done that before? I've done it before. If your neighbor ain't raising their hand, wink at them. They're doing it right now. They're refusing to be honest in church. Thank you, gentlemen. Say he got angry. I'm going to deal more with this anger as we keep moving forward. Uh, and, and some future messages. Watch this. He had a censer in his hand to burn the incense. When he got angry with the priest, leprosy broke out on his forehead. You saw this on Sunday. In the presence of the priest in the house of the Lord by the altar of ounces. Incense. Here's the next thing. Pride is stubborn. Once they confronted him, all he needed to do was say, oops, let's go. Instead, God had to make him a leper. What's a leper? It's one who can't feel. So he was wrong and couldn't feel it no more. Say pride is stubborn. And the funny thing about a lot of stubborn people, they know it. They'll tell you, I'm stubborn. That's why you stuck. But not anymore. If you used to deal with stubbornness, lay your hands on yourself and say, not another day of my life. Say, I refuse to live that way. Say, God wants to do big things through me. And I can't be stubborn. When you're stubborn, it's like trying to drive with the emergency brake on. You're like, well, I ain't going nowhere. God says, because you're stubborn. God, ain't nothing happening. I'm putting gas. I'm doing God. is like, but you're stubborn. Let me finish this message because y'all quiet on me. Verse 20. And as the chief priest and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous in the forehead. Y'all remember I showed you that on Sunday? You want me to show you again? You want me to show you again? And they rushed him out quickly. Look, look at me. They rushed him out of what he helped build. Woo! Mm. Uh, let me leave that alone. And they rushed him out quickly. And he himself hurried to go out because the Lord had struck him. So here's the next thing. Pride lacks gratitude. 
The law was if you were a leper in the temple, death was punishment. What did they do? They just saved his life. What did King Uzziah not say? Thanks. Pride doesn't say thank you. Because pride's entitled. I'm not saying thank you. Thank you? Nope. Just next. Some of you, listen to me, some of you, I don't know who this is for. You need to have gratitude for even some of your past relationships. It made you better. And you walking around mad, you need to thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you! Verse 21. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death. Pride, watch this, here's the last thing about pride. Pride never changes. Even with this word going forth today, you can sense there a little bit, I'm going to bust through it, a little bit of resistance because we're piercing pride. Do you sense it? You can sense it's a little bit because it know not to come for me. It know, it already know. It's a little bit because it's like. That's right. Uh-huh. Glory. Because when you find pride, watch this. You get the prize. He, 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 watch this, watch this. We finna bust it. We finna bust through that. We finna bust that. Verse 21. And King Azam was a leper to the day. And being a leper, he lived in a separate house. He's excluded from the house of the Lord. Here's the next thing. Pride pushes you away from God. In James chapter 4, verse 6, it says that God resists the proud. In other words, when you're proud and prideful, you always feel far from God. Even when you pray, after you finish praying, and you, you go in, too. And after you're like, I don't even know if he heard me. I don't even know if it worked. Because God says, I resist the proud. It's like this is a wonderful harvest backpack that you can get in the harvest store. It's waterproof, and it's on sale tonight. Um. It is. Um, this is waterproof. Say waterproof. Would, would you, somebody give me some water. Let me see, let me show you. Let me give you a demonstration. I'm going to be like Ron Popeil in the old infomercial days. You ready? Now listen, y'all ready? Come on. Come on, camera three. Now listen, I've got some water in my hand. And how many of us know when you're out there and you're walking through your day and it starts raining and it can be a busy day and all of that and, and look, oh goodness, look. You get a little water on your backpack. But when it's water resistance, look at your neighbor and say, it didn't stick. But that's how pride makes you with God. You come to church, don't none of it stick. You hear the word, don't none of it stick. Thank you for your water sacrifice. Say, Lord, I want the word to stick. As many notes as you got, you ought to be a general by now in the spirit realm. All right? Okay, can I finish this? And Jotham, his son, was over the king's household governing the people of the land. Who took over? His son. Who was king? He was. God fired him and didn't tell him. Proverbs 16, 18. So here's the last thing. Pride, or two more things. Pride creates falls. Proverbs 16, 18. Let's read this verse together. And then we're going to, we're going to kill this thing. I said, we're going to kill this thing. Now, if you think I don't need to kill it, you need to kill it the most. I'm just telling you. All right? You can be mad at me if you want, but you're going to be free. Proverbs 16, 18. They're going to stick it up for you. Pride goes before what? And a Haughty spirit before a fall. It's English standard, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before what? Destruction. Remember it says he grew proud to his own destruction? And a haughty spirit before what? Fall. What did he lose? The kingdom. What did he spend most of his life building? The kingdom. What did somebody else handle? The kingdom. I pray you don't spend your life building something. That pride makes you fall out your hands. Please put your hands in the air. Say no falls. Say it again. Say no falls. One more thing. One more thing. 
I got to give you Proverbs 29, 23. Remember, I started this whole section of the message by saying, how many think, you know, you've had some moments of pride every now and then? And I said, I said to us, well, maybe that's because we don't know what pride is. How many of us now you're seeing some more pride that you pride that you're like, I didn't see that. One's pride will bring him low. Want to know what low means in Hebrew? Depressed. Pride causes depression. Depression here doesn't mean depression like a dip. Like this ain't dip, baby, dip. This ain't that. Say depression. So then when I was preparing for this, I said, no, no wonder, Lord. One out of eight in the Denver region, clinically depressed. He said, son, let me tell you why. There's so much pride in this region. Pride in the area. Everybody's arrogant. And he said, that's why there's spiritual resistance, because they don't think they need me, God says. He says, so that's why you have a challenge sometimes inviting folk because they pride responded. Church? God? What is this? I got money. I'm going skiing. I'm going rock climbing. I'm going hiking. I'm going to the arts festival. Nothing against any of that. I can say that. But pride causes depression. Here's the scripture we started out. Here's the way God gets us pride out of us. You ready? It's the scripture we started with. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And for somebody, I need you to hear me. Today's the last day of this. You, you, can, you, can, you can respond that way or you can believe it. Yeah. Say today is the last day. Deuteronomy 8 and 2. And you shall remember the Lord the whole way that the Lord God has led you these 40 years. Say 40 years. In the wilderness. What's the wilderness? The wilderness means I'm, I'm not where I was. I'm not where I want to be. I'm in between. And everywhere I look, I'm in between. The only thing that's certain is that nothing certain? The wilderness, testing, test after test after test after test after test. And the prize is a little bit more, a little bit more. Say wilderness. For 40 years, and y'all, we about to go in. You ready? Please talk back to me. Are you ready? For 40 years, they walk around the same mountain. Can I have a first row over here? Come on, y'all. Y'all been my actors for the last couple weeks. You ask God to use you, he's using you. Come on, bless somebody's life. Say 40 years. 40. So for 40 years, and they feeling good, though. You know what I'm saying? Like for 40 years, you know, they going. I need y'all to just like walk like a G, though. Like just, you know, let's just walk. Just put a little something in your walk. A little something in your walk. Don't hurt yourself. They walking. I, can I get the second row over there? The next row, next row. Come on, come on, come on. Say 40 years. 40 years. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in. Somebody say they walking. Say they walking. Stop. We ain't going nowhere. All we did was walk in circles. We used energy. We used money. We used time but we didn't go anywhere. And when they dropped their pride in Deuteronomy chapter one, the Lord says, okay. Somebody say, okay. okay. God says, you finally got it. So watch what he says, turn north. He says, now you're gonna start making some progress. Please throw your hands up, say no more circles. Please throw your hands up, say, I'm ready for progress. Please say, I'm ready for progress. Thank y'all so much. Watch this. 
what, thank you. Thank you. Watch this. Here's this last part. God says, it took 40 years for them. Here's the last question. How long will it take for you? How long will it take for me? How long will it take for us? Somebody say, how long? Ten days? Ten years? Twenty? For everybody in here, we said the devil's been attacking me. I just heard somebody say that. God says, if the devil is your pride, then yes. Now, this is only for those who really want to see progress in life. And you don't have to do it if you don't want to. But I think you came to church on a Wednesday because you want some progress. If you're ready to lay out all of your pride and ask God to take it from you, would you do me a favor and stand on your feet? Would you do me a favor and put your hands in the air? Even if you're watching me on a digital campus, would you do it too, please? Even if you're sitting in your living room, get up out that couch, stand up, pull that house coat together, Tie that knot on that rope. Move that roller set to the side. Somebody said, because progress starts tonight. Come on, Wednesday. Say, progress starts tonight. Say, Lord, I release every ounce of pride and arrogance that's been in me. Inconsistency, disorder, stubbornness, lashing out feeling entitled I release that tonight forgive me for doing it my way and not your way say Lord I need you you're the source of my strength you're the strength of my life I humble myself whoo, so you don't have to do it I repent and I cry out thanking you that tonight starts progress Forward, march. Forward, march. Say, tonight starts progress. Now release a praise in here Wednesday like you believe. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. And at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God. And they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. 
Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.